Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 8, Episode From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and non-reptilian co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on handling Chilonians and snakes. Our topics for this week are catching and handling turtles and tortoises, approaching, catching, and handling snakes, and special equipment for handling snakes. Small chilonians can be captured by grasping the sides, the bridge of their shell, from above with a handler's thumb between the front and hind legs on one side and the first three fingers on the other side between the other side's front and hind legs. Putting a wrap of self-adhering elastic bandage material around the shell can provide a better gripping surface if needed. Large colonians can be captured with two hands by the handler placing his thumbs on each side of the carapace, the upper shell, and the other fingers under the plastron, the lower shell. Towels should be used to handle aquatic species for protection against their long claws. Common snapping turtles, alligator snapping turtles, and soft-shell turtles can extend their head a long distance, about two-thirds the length of their shell, to inflict a bite. These can be grasped by their tail for initial control. To lift the turtle, its tail is firmly held and its body supported by grasping the edge of the carapace, the upper shell, behind the neck or a hand placed under the back part of the plastron. Small biting turtles can be grasped and lifted by holding the back portion of the shell along with both hind legs. Soft-shelled turtles will scratch and are difficult to hold without injuring them. Handlers should wear light gloves to protect themselves from scratches. If a turtle needs to be turned over for examination, inversion should be done slowly to reduce the risk of intestinal torsion. Other than for brief examinations, handlers should not hold a turtle or tortoise upside down or with the colonian's head lower than its heart. Either of these positions make it difficult for a colonian to breathe properly. If examination of the colonian's head is needed, the handler should gently pull on a foreleg or gently prod near the rectum to cause the head to come out and then quickly grasp the head with the handler's fingers behind the jaws. The head may also be able to be lured out by offering fresh fruit, especially berries. Some tortoises and some turtles can retract their head and feet so effectively in their shells that a chemical restraint is needed to handle those body parts for examination or treatment. 
The pet snakes have been raised in captivity and handled gently while young. They're usually easily handled with little restraint. Garter snakes, king snakes, hog-nosed snakes, and gopher snakes caught in the wild are sometimes kept as pets, but these are more intolerant of handling, susceptible to stress, and may have diseases and parasites that they acquired in the wild. Snakes kept as a pet should not exceed six and a half feet in length. Constrictors more than eight feet in length are so strong that they are considered inherently dangerous. Many escape or are released when they become a burden or a bore to their owners, resulting in an endangerment to the snake's health and survival, indigenous wildlife, or unsuspecting humans. A handler should make sure the snake is aware of his presence and move slightly slower than normal speed. Snakes bite in self-defense or in a feeding frenzy. Handlers need to make efforts not to threaten snakes nor interfere with their feeding. A tame snake is picked up by placing a hand toward the snake's side with outstretched fingers and slid under the first one-third of the snake's body. As it's picked up, the remainder of the body should be supported with the handler's other hand. The handler's fingers should be spread to provide wider support. The snake's head should not be reached far first, nor the body held so tight that it cannot keep moving. Young snakes, shedding snakes, and snakes expecting food tend to be more likely to bite. Arboreal snakes will try to progress up the handler's arm, which if permitted, can allow proximity to the handler's face and neck, and this should not be allowed. Snakes are typically supported with their movement directed, not held in a manner to inhibit their movement. Holding them tightly stimulates the snake to attempt to escape from a predator. This can also seriously damage their muscles and cause death days later. They should be given the illusion that they're free to escape whenever they want. As they're loosely held, a rolling hands technique of holding them gives the illusion that they're not trapped. They're allowed to move from one hand to the next, and then the hand that they left becomes the next hand they move to. Immobilizing types of restraint should not typically be used. When holding a snake, it should never near the handler's face. The most likely time for a handler to be bitten is when reaching into the snake's enclosure. The handler may startle them or, because of movement of his hands, being perceived as food or containing food, especially if the handler has snake food odor on his hands. When reaching into an enclosure for an unfamiliar snake, the handler should block the snake's head with one hand held flat with the fingers together. The purpose is to create a barrier over the snake's head while reaching for the body with the other hand. The flat hand is more difficult to bite. Handling should not be attempted if food smell is on the handler's hands or if the snake has recently eaten. Handling a snake soon after it's eaten may cause the snake to regurgitate. This is common in ball pythons. If a snake is possibly dangerous, a snake hook first should be used to lift the snake and then to grasp their body. For those that are known to be dangerous, 
the head should be immobilized before picking the snake up. The basic hold for a snake's head restraint is to grasp the base of the skull between the thumb and the middle finger with the index finger on top of the head. A snake pinning hook to pin the neck down on a soft surface may be needed to limit movement until the snake's head can be grasped for manual control. The snake's head should be held firmly just behind the head without being squeezed. Approximately one handler is needed for every five feet to control boids, which are pythons and boa constrictors. Snakes have musk glands near their cloaca that they may use to secrete a malodorous secretion, which is also distasteful to their predators. Abby says that she's just lost her taste for snake meat. Snake hooks may be used to move snakes a short distance, such as into a transport bag. The hook is worked under the snake between the first one-third to one-half of the snake's length to pick it up. The snake will remain still, trying to keep its balance. Snake hook poles should always be tilted down, away from the handler. Otherwise, the snake may slide toward the handler. Hooks can also help in guiding the movement of snakes on the ground or on a floor. A pinning hook is a Y-shaped stick with tubing for padding and can be used to introduce a handler's presence and, if necessary, pin a snake's head. Pinning sticks should be used when the snake is on a padded surface to reduce the risk of injury to the snake. The strap of elastic extends from one end of the Y to the other. The head can then be immobilized by pressing the elastic band just behind the head, pushing the head down and trapping it until the head can be grasped by a free hand. Two pinning sticks may be necessary for difficult snakes. The base of the head is then grasped between the thumb and the middle finger with the index finger on top of the head and the stick is removed. Plexiglass or wire mesh shields with handles can be used to pin snakes until the head can be restrained. Properly fitted ventilated plexiglass or wire mesh lids on a box can be used to contain movement of the snake while the shield descends into the box to squeeze them for administration of injectable medication or chemical restraint. The bottom of the squeeze box should be padded. A capture pole can be made of a three-foot long wooden pole, an eye screw, and a long cord. One end of the cord is tied to or otherwise fixed to the end of the pole. The other end of the cord is run through an eye screw placed an inch from the end of the pole where the end of the cord is fixated. A capture loop is then created between the fixed end and the eye screw. The loop is dropped around the snake's neck and the loop is closed on the neck by pulling on the cord. The risk of injuring a snake with a snake pole is greater than with a hook, but if general pressure is applied with the loop and the restraint duration is short, a capture pole can be safe and effective. 
Abby says if the pole was 20 foot long, she'd give it a try. Capture tongs are long-handled metal grasping instruments. It's difficult to gauge the pressure being exerted with tongs, so the risk of an injury to a snake can be significant. Tongs can make a snake thrash and bite itself. Capture tongs should not be the sole means of restraint of a snake, but tongs can be useful to assist with handling with a hook. Tongs should be used in presenting food to large snakes and in moving environmental enrichment objects in a snake's enclosure. Bad-tempered snakes, such as small reticulated pythons with a history of inappropriate biting, should be handled in the same manner as poisonous snakes. Aggressive snakes can be moved to a large plastic bucket with its transport bag or using a snake hook. As a snake investigates a possible escape route upward and out of the bucket, a flexible, preferably darkened tube can be placed over the snake's head and down part of the front of its body. A snake hook can help guide the head if needed. Use of a cone to guide the snake into the tube is another method. The tube should be just large enough to accommodate the thickest part of the snake's body so that it cannot turn around in the tube and long enough to keep the handler's hand on the tube out of danger. Tubes work best for pit vipers because of their broad triangular head. When the snake has entered one-third of the tube's distance, the snake and tube are grasped to entrap the snake. If the first tube seems too large in diameter, a smaller tube can be slid down the open end to the snake for it to enter the smaller tube. The snake in the small tube can then be grasped and the larger tube removed. Releasing the snake back into the bucket, transport bag, or enclosure is done by allowing it to move forward through the tube and out the other end. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Turtles should be held level and moved slowly. Snakes should not be held firmly except just behind the head if necessary. There should be one handler for every five feet of length in a constrictor snake being restrained. Handler's hands should not have the odor of food whenever snakes are going to be held. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about handling lizards and transporting reptiles. Hey Abby, have you ever tried to charm a snake with a flute? She said no, but 
Once she tried to charm a male Rottweiler with a wink. 